Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Time. The Bible said this, Proverbs chapter number 1, if you found your place, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. The Bible said in verse 22, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorner delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, I will make known my words unto you, because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. Look what God says in verse 26. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon me or cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Boy, how sad. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. I want to talk to you about this thought for just a little bit this morning. Some things you will willfully ignore if you die and go to hell out of this service. Some things that you will willfully ignore. You're just going to ignore it. You're just going to let it run off your back like water running off your back. You're going to ignore some things if you die and go to hell out of this service. Father, You know the very need of today, and God, now for several weeks, God, this message has been on my heart. And I pray, God, that you'd help me today as I attempt to preach it. God, I know, Lord, if I've ever stood in a place and known with all of my heart that I can't do this without you, it's today. So, God, I need you this morning. I pray, God, that you'd strengthen my mind. I pray, God, that you'd strengthen my voice. God, help me to say exactly what you want me to say. God, help me to say nothing that you wouldn't want me to say. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd give us what we need today. God will give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I hope that you'll stay with me just a little while and understand that I'm still not in the shape where I can quote-unquote preach like I used to. And, And one thing that I've come to the acceptance of is this. The style is not what brings the Holy Spirit in a service. Just because somebody screams and hollers and jumps up and down does not mean that they're saying anything. And uh, I know that I normally am a very wide-open preacher, but I'm just not there. So I hope that you'll take what you can get this morning, okay? Proverbs is a very interesting book. I, I love to read it. Matter of fact, 
If you'll read one chapter of the book of Proverbs, you can read it through in the month. And uh, most months have 31 days. If they don't, just double up on a couple chapters. Uh, and you can read it through in a month. I try to read out of the book of Proverbs uh, just about every day. I don't every day, but I try to uh, just about every day. When you come to the book of Proverbs, you'll find that the writer of the book of Proverbs is a man by the name of Solomon. Let me read you something about Solomon. The Bible said this uh, in 1 Kings chapter number 3, verse number 9. Give therefore, this is Solomon, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, uh, for who is able to judge this thy so great people, so great a people. And the speech pleased the Lord uh, that Solomon had asked uh, this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither has asked riches for thyself, nor has asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern and judge. Behold, I have done according to thy words, lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. So when we look at Solomon and we look at the beginning of Solomon's life and him right here, we find that according to the Bible, Solomon is the wisest man that ever lived. There was never one wiser before him and never one wiser after him with the exception of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know according to the Bible, the Bible said one greater than Solomon is here, and that was Jesus. But in humanity, there was never a greater than Solomon. So if Solomon is full of knowledge, and if Solomon is full of wisdom, would it not do you and I good to listen to what he has? to say. Can I illustrate it this way? If I'm going to work on something and I know nothing about it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call somebody that knows something about it. And I'm going to say, hey, can you help me understand this? What are we doing? We are gleaning wisdom from that individual. Solomon was a very wise man. Whenever we study the Bible, I've already stated this, but according to the Bible, there was never another one, nor would there ever be. I'm sorry, you may think you're the smartest. There never was. Two or three wives looked at their husbands right then. But anyway, there was never a greater than Solomon. Let's think about the key theme in the book of Proverbs. Listen to what the Bible said in chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen to what he says in chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Whenever you study this out, you'll find that wisdom and knowledge and fearing the Lord is some of the key themes here. You'll find that there's 18 references in Proverbs to the fear of the Lord. At least 12 times in the book of Proverbs, we find the imperatives here 
or hearken. You'll find the major theme is wisdom. The word wise or wisdom are used at least 125 times in these 31 chapters. The aim of Proverbs is to help us acquire and apply God's wisdom and God's discernment and God's direction for the activities of our life. I'll never forget there was a missionary who said this one time in youth camp when I was a teen boy. He said, you see, God has a will for your life. Satan has a will for your life. And you have a will for your life. And what we need is we need the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God to understand God's will for our life. It's not about my will. Can I get an amen right there? It's not about your will, but it's what does God have for my life. I thought about this. The Bible instructs us in Ephesians chapter number 5. Now, I'm headed somewhere. Stay with me. Verse 15 through 17. It says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of of the Lord is. You know what he's saying to us? Paul is saying to us in Ephesians. He's saying we need to understand what the will of God is. I was, I was praying about the will of God for my life one time when I was younger. And I told my mom, I said, I'm really praying for the will of God. And I'll never forget my mom looked at me. Brother Justin, here's what she said. The will of God is not a mystery. And I thought, well, it sure seems to be a mystery to me right now. And I'll never forget that. And she said this. She said, you'll find the will of God in the Word of God. Boy, I began reading my Bible, and you know what? God gave me Scripture through His Word. I was praying about Miss Leslie becoming my wife, and God gave me verses out of Proverbs that she was supposed to be my The will of God is not a mystery today. I can say this to you. It's the will of God for you to be saved. It's, and I'll say more about that in just a minute. It's the will of God for you to pray, for you to supplicate. It's the will of God for us to be a peculiar or a separated people. God's will is not a mystery today. And in this book, he's helping us to understand the wisdom to know God's will. Wisdom isn't something theoretical. It's something very practical that affects every area of our life. It gives order and purpose to life. It gives discernment in making decisions. And it provides a sense of fulfillment in life to the glory of God. Wisdom, simply put, is the ability to use knowledge. You can be as smart as you want to, but if you don't have the knowledge or the wisdom to use that knowledge, what good is it? Have, have you ever met somebody that was smart as a whip and dumb as a box of rocks? They had knowledge, but they didn't have wisdom. Now, you might as well laugh a little bit right there because every one of y'all just thought about somebody that's really smart, but they couldn't find their way out of a paper bag, man. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. We can have knowledge of everything, but if we don't have wisdom to use that knowledge, then what good is it? The Bible said this in 
Romans chapter 1, verse number 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, I'm headed somewhere. Stay with me. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm going to build a great big platform and set a little house on Watch this. The Bible just told us that by creation, we have a knowledge of God. Listen to what he said. For the invisible things of him from the creation of this world are clearly seen. We see God through creation. Wednesday night, Miss Leslie and I, after service, we had the top off the Jeep, and after service, um, we took off and went riding on the parkway because the stars was out. Man, it was beautiful. We rode up on the parkway Wednesday night for a while, and uh, we pulled over there at the, the scenic overlook there um, uh, next to Fox Hunter's Paradise. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We just sat there and looked. We're getting old, I guess. We just sat there, and I said, Man, is this not beautiful? And I'm going to tell you something. If you've ever been where I was at three weeks ago, everything looks completely different now. Every sunrise is completely different now. Man, we looked at the stars and you could see those mountains peeking up through the, uh, the, the moonlight out there. And man, I thought to myself, how can somebody say there's not a God? By creation, we have a knowledge that there is a God. And according to Romans 1, we are without excuse. You can't say I didn't know there was a God. You knew there was a God through creation according to the Bible. Now, I want you to think about something. Biblical wisdom begins with a right relationship with God. The wise person believes that there is a God, that he is the creator and ruler of all things, and that he has put within his creation a divine order that if obeyed leads ultimately to a life of success in the Lord. I want you to see something. Look in verse 22. Now, I'm, I'm, I want you to stay with me. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorner delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Here wisdom invites three different classes, the simple, the scorner, and the fool. Wisdom can see judgment is coming and wants the sinner to escape it. Look at the wonderful offer that wisdom makes in verse number 23, turn you at my reproof. Wisdom is looking ahead and wisdom is saying to the sinner, judgment is coming. Wisdom is saying, judgment's coming. So because judgment's coming, I want to make a proposal to you. Look what he says, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Wisdom is saying to us today, or God is saying to us today, there is a judgment that's coming. 
You can see me by creation. Hey, honey, look at the affairs of this world today and read this book right here. And you want me to tell you something? It's all lining up. Don't come to me that there's not a God. Don't come to me that the Bible's not true. Man, it's all right here. And wisdom or God is saying, judgment's coming. You know me by creation. You know me by my word. What you need to do is turn at my reproof. Wisdom offers salvation, but in chapter 5 of Proverbs, you will see folly or sin offers people condemnation. Whenever God gives a a gracious invitation, don't you be mistaken, Satan is there with an alluring offer of his own. Sin always is a costly thing. In chapter 5, you can say they lost their reputation, their possessions, their health, and even their very life. The cords of sin bind slowly, but they bind surely until one day the sinner discovers escape is impossible. You say, why do you say that, preacher? Because he says this. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. God in his wisdom is stretching out a hand to you saying, Hey, look, judgment's coming. A day is coming that the judgment of God and the wrath of God will fall. But you can escape it. I'm extending a hand to you. But sin allures us. And sin says this, or folly says this. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Wait till tomorrow to get saved. Wait till, well, you say, preacher, you know what? I've told God that I'm going to get saved. I've told God to save me a place in heaven. Time out. It don't work like that. This is not a, hey, look up in here. Heaven is not a place that we pick up the phone and make reservations for. We don't say, hey, when I get there, have me a table of five. No, I'm going to tell you something. We'll get saved on God's time or we won't get saved. Wisdom is saying God through his wisdom made in his knowledge made creation where you can know him through that. There's no excuse that you don't know the Lord today. There's no excuse that you don't know salvation today. Folly calls out at the same time. Look at what the Bible says in verse 24. I'm going to give you this little thought. It's 11.49 and we're going home. Look what he's saying. Verse 24, he says, Because I called and ye refused. So, preacher, I, I... You know, I I don't know that I refused God. You said yes or you said no. And I'll deal more with that at the end. He said, I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have said it not all my counsel. Listen, listen, with none of my reproof. Listen to what God says back to you now. I also will laugh at your calamity. 
I don't know about anybody else, but that's a very sobering verse right there. God says, I'm going to laugh at your calamity. So why would a holy God laugh at my calamity? God gave you a chance, and you refused it. God said, I'll help you, and you said, no, I'm not interested in you, God. I don't have time for you right now. There'll come a day that you'll have time for God, but God may not have time for you. Look what he says. He says, also laugh at your plan. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me. Probably the saddest verse in the Bible right here. But I will not answer. They shall seek me early but they shall not find me. You know what that means? That means this right here. If you're sitting here lost and you're on the road to hell, that there's going to come a day that you're going to want to get saved, but God may not save you. That's just simply put. That's just low gap, simple terms. God don't have to do it, and God may not do it. But you, the preacher, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're exactly right. It does say that. But it also says, no man cometh unto the Father except the one he sent draws him. Number one, here's, I want to to show you four things. I'm going to give them to you quick. Four things that you're going to ignore if you go to hell. You have knowledge of the Word of God this morning. My question is this. Are you going to be wise enough today to accept the Lord? Number one, you're going to ignore the words of the Scripture. The words of the Scripture, John chapter number three, and I'm not, I, I, I need to take time to read it, but I'm not going to. John chapter number three, he's having a conversation with Nicodemus. Y'all know the story. John chapter number three, he tells him, you got to be saved. You got to be born again. And, and he comes back and he makes his statement. He said, can a man enter in a second time into his mother's womb? Of course, he responds, but Jesus responds back to that and says, no, a man must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Now, hear me and hear me well. That does not mean you have to be baptized. That water that he is referring to, study the context of the scripture, man. The water is a natural birth. We're adults in here. The kids are over there. That's the natural birth. For a lady to have a baby, we understand that. That is his natural birth. Then after his natural birth, there comes a time that a man realizes he's lost and on the road to hell. And according to the Bible, he said this, you must be born again. My grandpa was an old mountain preacher, and he said it this way, you must be born again. You must be born again. Again, you know what he's saying? He's saying this, you got to be saved by the grace of God. You say, preacher, I don't know if that's right or not. It don't matter whether you know if it's right or not. It's right because the Bible said it was right, and that settles it. The words of the Scripture says you got to be saved. you got to be saved. I want to go to heaven, preacher. you got to be saved. I want to see my loved ones. you got to be saved. you got to be saved. Number one, you're going to ignore the words in the Scripture. I told you I'm not going to preach on when I get there. Number two, you're going to ignore the warning of the saints. 
You're going to ignore that. Somebody's told you about God if you're sitting here lost today. Somebody said Jesus loves you. Well, I sure am glad. Somebody told me about Jesus one day. I sure am glad for a preacher that stood up in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. When I grew up, we had loud preachers. We had quiet preachers. Are you with me? We had preachers that run around and preach, and we had preachers that wouldn't leave the pulpit. Can I tell you something? Thank God for preachers. It don't matter if they're loud. It don't matter if they're quiet. That's one thing I try my best to do here is to bring in all varieties of preachers, loud preachers, quiet preachers, fast preachers, long preachers, short preachers, fat preachers, skinny preachers. I try to bring them all in. Are you with me today? Thank God for a preacher that told me. Not only thank God for a preacher, thank God for a mom and daddy that loved me and said, boy, you know what? You're going to die and go to hell if you don't get saved. Thank God for some true friends, true ones, that said, hey, look, just because you're a preacher's son don't mean you're going to go to heaven. You're going to die and go to hell if you don't get saved, boy. The life you're living don't line up with the life of the Word of God. You're lost and you need to get saved. Thank God for somebody that warned me about damnation that was coming and hell that was coming and told me there was a Savior that loved me. Amen. So, preach, what are you saying? You're going to ignore the warning of the saints. You remember the story in Acts chapter number 26, don't you? Paul and King Agrippa. Paul's witnessing to King Agrippa. Paul says this. Here's what he said. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophet? I know thou believest. Paul looks at him and he says, I know you believe this. I know you believe this. King Agrippa, why don't you get saved? Here's what King Agrippa said in Acts 26. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Some sitting here this morning and you're going almost. Almost thou persuadest me. Then shall they call upon me, but they shall not find me. Days coming that almost is going to be gone and you're going to be wanting God, but is He going to be there? Number one, the words of the Scripture. Number two, the warning of the saints. Number three, you're going to ignore, boy, this right here is important. You're going to ignore the wooing of the Spirit. The wooing of the Spirit. You should preach, what do you mean by that? The loving of God. The loving of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to what the Bible said in John 6, 44. No man cometh to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up the last day. He said the only way you're going to get saved is if I draw you. But you know what? Deep down inside of you right now, that, that feeling, are you with me? I, I'm not talking about being saved on emotionalism. 
But you know what I'm saying if you know what I'm saying. When you was lost and on the road to hell and there was a feeling inside of you that you knew, boy, you was going to die and go to hell and you needed to get saved. You want me to tell you what that is? That's not the preacher this morning. That's not the person beside of you. That's not something that got missed it on you when you walked in the doors. That's the wooing of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And he's drawing you, John 12, 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me, Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The God of glory, the creator of the universe, is drawing you right now. And you're going to ignore that if you walk out of here lost number four. Preacher, what am I going to ignore? The wooing of the Spirit, the warning of the saints, the words of the Scripture. But I say this in closing. Most of all, you're going to ignore the willingness of His suffering. The willingness of His suffering. Philippians said this in chapter 2 but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. It's talking about Jesus. And was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know what you're going to do this morning? You're going to ignore the willingness of Jesus suffering so you could live. When we think about the death of Calvary, you care to start playing softly. When we think about the death of Calvary, it's so much more than just dying. If Jesus would have just died, then that was a lot. That was way more than we deserved. Somebody say amen. But Jesus done so much more than that, church. When you study Golgotha, when you study Gethsemane, when you study Gabbath, you study that prayer that I made reference to. Jesus prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood for you and for me. You study the scourging, the beating of the cat of nine tails and the beard being plucked from his face and the, the shame and, and, and the humility of being hung naked on a cross in front of everybody. Just the shame and the humility, the crown of thorns and the reed across there. When you study all of that, the, he willingly... He willingly done that. Why? So you could live. Why? So you could know Him. Why? So you could go to heaven. I want to say something to you. You have a knowledge of that now. You may have walked in here this morning and not had a knowledge of that. The Bible said this, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. That's the reason Jesus went to Calvary. 
Blood had to be shed so you could go to heaven. And you may have walked in here today and you say, Preacher, I didn't even know there was a God. You now have a knowledge of it because I've just given it to you. Whether you've seen Him in creation or not, you did, whether you want to admit it or not. You now have a knowledge of it. Are you going to have the wisdom to accept it? Are you going to have the wisdom to accept it? To reject wisdom is to accept folly. There's no middle ground. Matthew 12, 30. It is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We either follow wisdom or we follow folly. We either follow Christ or we follow sin. We either get saved or we leave lost and take a chance on dying and going to hell. You right now are fixing. You understand that, don't you? You right now are fixing to make a decision that will determine your destiny. You're going to make a decision right now that can determine your destiny. So no preacher, I'm going to do it later. Promise me that you have later. You can't. I say this and I'm done. I'm not going into the details of it. Five weeks ago tonight, I went to bed after a great Sunday at church. Thought everything was wonderful, Brother Lloyd was looking forward to a good week of serving the Lord. And little did I know that in the middle of that night, that Sunday night, I'd wake up, Brother Brian, and the next five weeks would hold what they did. Little did I know that. You can't promise me you have the next breath. That Tuesday morning, Leslie took me to the hospital that they found the meningitis. I told my mama this a few days ago. I said, Mama, salvation was the furthest thing from my mind. Relief. I was in so much pain, in which I don't even remember. I remember walking into the hospital and past that. The next thing I really remember is that for side. That was at Northern when I went to first. I don't remember the spinal tap, thank God. (laughs) Remember none of that. If I had have died, I thought I was going to. I really did. I hugged my kids by and cried all the way to the hospital because I thought that was the last time I'd ever see them. If I had have died, I wasn't thinking about getting saved, Brother Sean. That that was a further thing. Let me tell you what I was thinking about living. Living, that's what I was thinking about. And then I told Mama this. I said, but Mama, even though I wasn't thinking about salvation, they were still 
a peace inside of me that I can't explain to you today that everything was going to be all right. Let me tell you the reason why it's going to be one way or the other. Because this old boy right here is saved and on his way to heaven. And if I had been it, hey, I'd be a whole lot better off than any of y'all right now. Your decision is going to determine your destiny. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what leaving this building holds. We don't know if we walk out of this building. Let's just be real. Wisdom to do the right thing. You have knowledge of it today. Our Father, as we stand.